Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Our Father's influence. Our Father's influence. Now, this is a dual uh, title. In other words, when I'm talking about our fathers, I am referring to our Father God, his influence that we have. And his influence should be on every believer, every Christian, whether you're a father, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're a child, whether you're, uh, no matter who you are, his influence is available. But I'm also specifically talking about and to our fathers in the house, our fathers that are watching online. There should be an influence, an anointing that you walk in. You have, as we prayed for our our fathers, you have the ability to walk in supernatural powers. Pastor, really? I do? Yes. Not only fathers, but every Christian has the opportunity and the ability to walk in the gifts of the Spirit. They come as the Spirit wills. How many know God knows what we need? And all we have to do is agree with Him and cooperate with them. And then the fruit of the Spirit should be growing in our lives. That's supernatural empowerment that we have. Now listen closely to me, hook up with me, amen me, go with me, because there's some things that God wants to pull out of me that will, that will bless you that can only come to the fullness when you draw on the unction, when you draw on the anointing. I'm believing God for that. Sister Ellen and I pray that way. It makes a difference who's listening and how you listen. Amen? Some folks just listen with itching ears the Bible talks about they're not getting much but just a uh, 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 just just a, a, a formality of the word but when you listen with the ears of faith and expectation and you're drawing on that anointing that unction you're going to receive a blessing amen And you can receive it no matter where you are in the world because God knows what we need better than we do. Amen. We uh, highlighted or talked about this particular message and we said this. Every father can and should act in, on, and under the anointed power of God for that position. Pastor, you're calling a, a, a daddy? Uh, a position yes I believe it's a a, a legitimate office that we can walk in as as men of God why the Bible tells us what influence we can have and do in other words the unction of the spirit the anointing the grace and the mercy of God should not only be something that we see in the word that we can have, but it should be something, fathers, that we demonstrate. And let me say this too, and I said this in the, in the uh, teaching 
on, on Wednesday that any man can be a, a sperm donor and help procreate or cause a birth to take place if he's functioning properly and everything's working okay with him. Any man can do that. But that doesn't mean that that man is a father. There's a big difference in fathering someone and helping to produce someone. Now, one of the things I want to say this to just just the beginning for our men, and we're so glad that you're all here today and that you're all watching at home. It seemed that, and not in every church, and preferably not in this church any time. Now, it used to be that it was the case. It seems to be in a lot of churches, the pattern is on Mother's Day to exalt and praise motherhood and lift up all you mothers. All the mothers said, amen, preacher pastor. Because it's the truth. You need to be lifted up. You are, you are special and unique, and you're a blessing. But then some churches... On Father's Day, when the men come in, they get beat up. They get criticized. And then preachers that do that wonder why not very men, not very many men are coming to their church. Would you go to a place that you got beat up every time you went there? Amen. Thank you for the enthusiasm. Let me say it again. Y'all didn't hear what I said. Would you go to a place, man, woman, boy, girl, if you, every time you went there, somebody brutalized you, beat you up, criticized you, and talked about you like every, everything except a child of God? No, you wouldn't. So, so brother, brother preachers that are watching today, quit it. Let's stop doing that. I remember Brother Hagin said one time that uh, he was talking to this pastor uh, that had pastored a church that he had... Uh, he was at pastoring and he said you know he was talking about a particular man he saw him in the church he came to preach there he said uh, he's here and he said how is he doing and brother Hagin said oh he's one of the best best Christians we got in the church really he said when I was here he didn't come very often at all but when he came I really I was laid for him and I really went after him and brother he said, I don't know if he said he told him, but he thought, well, why you think he didn't come then? <laughs> if you went after him every time he came. No, it, 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 with criticism and stuff. No. Now we're supposed to, we want to win people to Christ, don't we? So when you invite your friends, don't criticize them. Tell tell them that, hey, we're not talking about uh we're not gonna go they're not gonna get blasted when they come in here. No matter what kind of lifestyle they had in, in times past. But we're going to encourage them and lift them up because we want people to know the love of Christ. And fathers, that influence through the word of God is not only available for us to give to our natural children, but to everyone around us. You see, a father should be fathering his entire environment. Everyone, including his spouse, his, and I'm not saying that you should lord it over your spouse. Now, y'all y'all walking together as mates in unity in one accord. But you should have that righteous, godly, fatherly influence. Not only with your children, but your, uh, your co-workers on the job, your, your 
children in the, in the neighborhood, your other ladies and men in the neighborhood, if you're a father and you're walking in that, that anointing, you're going to be able to do that, and we should do that. That's what I highlight meant when we said that. But, you know, I got this message when I was reading my daily scripture, and it was about, uh, uh, I'm not sure it was two weeks ago, but I saw this in 2 Timothy 3. Verse 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. And 2 Timothy 3 says this, All scripture is God-breathed. This is the NIV, New International Version. All scripture is God-breathed. In other words, God spoke it out. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting. Pastor, I like the teaching part, but I don't like to be rebuked. None of us do like it, but how many know we need it sometimes? Correcting, hey, all of us need that from time to time. In what? In righteousness, right relationship, right standing in God. Why? Verse 17 says, so that the servant of God and the sons of God may be, because sons should be servants too as well. We're New covenant, we're not just servants, we're sons, but sons ought to be servants. May be thoroughly equipped for some good works. No, 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 no. Thank you. For every good work. The only way we can be thoroughly equipped is for every good work is when we're walking in the anointed, training, God-breathed, taught word of God. And God helped us. When I saw that scripture and this, and I, and I was reading, reading the book of Timothy, and the book of Titus. And I was reading that day. I saw the message that God wanted me to share. And that's where this came from. And Timothy and Titus are great books for fathers. It gives us some examples. One primary example that I want to reference is one father that we don't really talk about too much. We talk about in passing. But we talk more about his wife, and rightly so. She was, the, she was the mother of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to talk about the natural father just a moment of the Lord Jesus. And we're going to see that God thought it was so important for Jesus to have in his life a natural father. Why? We said this. Jesus needed Joseph's influence. Jesus. Jesus did? Yes. How do you know? Because for the birth of Jesus, the Holy Ghost came upon Mary and she got pregnant. That was the only time that happened and the only time that it ever will. Because it was the only time that was needed. But God saw fit to put, he, the Bible lets us know, he searched and found a unique woman, Mary, young girl at that time. But he also searched and found a unique man to be that natural example, example for Jesus. How do you know? Let's just read a little bit. And these are scriptures that we normally read at Christmas time. Because it's not, I mean, 
it's not a whole lot written about Joseph, but the things that are written about him, we have kind of glazed over and not really understood what they meant. And I think today would be a great day. As an example, for natural fathers, we can see the importance that God set in natural fathers. And that's whether you were a a father that birthed a child or you just or your father mentored or leading children or men or the folks that are around you having that godly influence because you cannot be a natural uh, a father that, that that bore a child or helped to bring a child into the world but still be a father amen amen i mean listen by faith with this. This is important. You can, you can glean some things from this. Uh, the scriptures that we're going to look at here about Joseph start in Matthew 1. And again, these are normally scriptures that we read that, that are, are Christmas time. It says this, Matthew 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When, as, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man or righteous man, that's what just means, right, righteous, right standing, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. In other words, he was going to divorce her privately because he didn't want to hurt her. He didn't understand what was going on at this time when he first she told him she was pregnant. He said he knew he hadn't touched her. So he said, well, I'm going to divorce you. And you got to remember, too, at this time, Eastern culture marriage, they were engaged normally for over a year. And once that writ of engagement took place, it was as if they were married. Because they would never even, I mean, they were committed to each other once they got engagement. So it's different than it is today, back in the Eastern culture. So when they got engaged, they, their, their, their covenant was supposed to be sealed. But then she come up, and brother and ladies, you can understand, somebody come up to you, you're married, I mean, you're engaged to it, and tell, t- tell you I'm pregnant, and you know you haven't touched her? That doesn't happen. They sat with God. And this time, only one time that it ever happened, or it ever will. Because it never will be needed again. But we see, and let's continue to read about Joseph. Verse 19 said, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, Notice, too, the lineage of Jesus. It was, it was prophesied that he would come from the house of David. Joseph was from the house of David. That's how that prophecy came into fruition. It says, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. This is God speaking to him in a dream. And it would, don't think every time you have a dream, it's God speaking to you. 
Somebody, somebody dreamed, I'm going to be an astronaut. No, you had too much pizza the night before. If you don't not really, if you if you're not really want to be an astronaut and going to going to school and and did, did all the things you're going to do, you don't have to worry about that one. That that wasn't, you know. Every dream does not mean it's from God. But when you have a dream that's unique and different like that, you can know on the inside God was speaking to me. Pastor, how you know? I've had some that way. Matter of fact, I I think I've told you this before. I, I, I was in a dream one time and I was preaching a message and I was given points of the message and it was a good message and I woke up before I finished I, I got the first two points but it was three points and, and you know I woke up and I said oh God I don't know what the third point is I need to know what that third point is I'm going to go back to sleep please tell me you know what I did and he did I start, I picked up where I left off in the dream and you know what I preached that message a few times amen that wasn't me I didn't even know what the third point was <laughs> amen but see that was from God some dreams do are from God and when, when they are we'll know it on the inside things can occur that way but getting back to to Joseph. He said, Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. Now notice in Matthew 1, verse 22, it says this, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet Joseph. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. See, we read this at Christmas time and it's wonderful at Christmas time, but it has a lot of more meaning to it as well. Then Joseph being raised from his sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. He was obedient to do what, what God told him to do and took unto him his wife. Notice what happened. And knew her not till he had brought forth his, her firstborn son. In other words, he didn't touch her physically. He didn't have sexual relationship with her at all until, until after Jesus was born. Then they had other children that were his naturally. A lot of people don't even realize Jesus had natural brothers and sisters. But, it, but he does. It's in the word. And he called his name Jesus. He did what he said. Notice what else uh, the word says about Joseph. In Matthew 2, verse 13 and 14, it says this. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream again, saying, Arise and take. When they departed, that's when the wise men had left. You know, and Herod was trying to kill Jesus. Y'all remember the story? You know, we read it. We teach it every Christmas now. Now y'all remember that. <laughs> Amen. And, and they left. They went another way. And they didn't go back and tell Herod. You know, this, that's what he's picking up right here. And when they were departed, the wise men, behold, the angels of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, Joseph... He took the young child, Jesus, and his mother Mary by night and departed into Egypt. 
Notice in verse 19 of Matthew 2. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. A lot of times we hadn't realized how much, how many times God spoke to Joseph in dreams. We see who had three times already in Egypt. God had a fellowship with him that was unique. Verse 26 says, saying, arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel for they are dead, Herod, which sought, to, sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came unto the land of Israel. We see in Joseph's life in these how obedient he was to do what God says, how faithful he had to be. Because, you know, I've had a few dreams where I knew were spiritual dreams, but God was speaking to Joseph in these dreams through angels and ministered to him. He had a unique relationship and he was always obedient to do. He took care of Mary. He took care of Jesus from the time he was, he was a, a newborn baby. How many know when Jesus was a, was a baby, he was a natural baby. He could, if he had been dropped, he would have been hurt. If he hadn't been taken care of, he would have been deprived. But Mary and Joseph were there to minister to help him. And you know what? I'll get to it. I'll get ahead of myself just a little bit. But remember, Joseph was a carpenter by trade. Carpenters built things. I believe that was a godly example that as a natural father to the Lord Jesus, he not only showed him in the natural how to build things, but he helped his godly influence in his life to help build Jesus into knowing who he was and what he was supposed to do. You're talking about a unique, important position of a father, of a godly father. Joseph was one. And you know what, brothers? You and I, as fathers, have that same responsibility, not only to our children, but to everyone around us. We're going to see in the word how a fatherly influence should affect everyone around you. So this is not just a message for men. This is a message for everyone. Because ladies, you can be father. And that, and that brings up on the inside, if you're a single parent, if you're by yourself, ladies, don't get depressed. Our, our Father God will equip you with everything you need. And he'll surround you and if needed, for of godly men that can be an influence to your children, that will be a blessing, not to hit on you or to hurt you in any way, but godly men. How many know there are, there's such thing as godly men? Amen. We got some in here right now. Amen. That are not out to hit on you, but out to be a blessing to you. And 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 you can be a father. You know. I thank God for the opportunities I've had for the, for the young folks in our church that, that I can help and the older young folks <laughs> that I can help father. And I, I don't take that responsibility lightly. Joseph didn't. And helped to build. And Sister Ella ministered last week on the graduation and talked about the young people, how she's uh, helped father the, the, them and minister into the life and mother them. You know, that's, that's that fatherly, motherly influence, that anointing, that any individual that knows the word and knows who they are in Christ can walk in. This is a very important message, y'all, isn't it? 
It really is. And seeing the life of Joseph, I, I, I just, a few things that, that pointed out that before I get to the rest of this, I'm going to have to go quickly with it, but that Joseph did these things. These are just some of the things he did. Number one, Joseph protected Jesus and Mary from the hatred of Herod. He wanted to kill him. He wanted to kill Jesus. But Joseph heard from God, and he got, he got him away. Joseph did that under the anointing influence of God. Number two, he nurtured Jesus and cared for him. You reckon Jesus' diaper needed to be changed when he was a baby? Yeah. Sometimes we don't, we don't realize that Jesus was a, a 100% natural child. He was 100% God, but he functioned as a human being. Joseph, I'm sure, changed. I changed my son's diaper. I can remember one thing I was looking forward to. I know y'all think I'm nuts, but, but I, I can remember looking forward to uh, when, when, he was a, when, when I had a child, a son in particular, uh, uh, that what I wanted to do. I wanted to, for some reason, I don't know why, uh, you know, because I saw, I, you see babies, babies do that. They always put their, put their uh, foot in their mouths. And I always wanted to, I said, I want, I want to be able to, to, to kiss my, my, kiss my well, put, put his, let him put his foot in my mouth. And I did. I know you think that's weird. But I said, no, I just, I just wanted to, to love my son. <laughs> Nothing weird about it. Nothing like that. Sometimes <laughs> like you say things, you hope people don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> but that was something that I always saw. saw. And Pastor Ellen, you know, know I, I, I say this too. Always, y'all know here that I'm a big Andy Griffin fan. I love that. I, I still watch it all the time right now. But I always said to God, uh, you know, even before, before I got married, I want to have me an Opie one day. I want to have me an Opie. And I had one. Christopher was my Opie. Because I loved the way the relationship that they had. Andy always nurtured and ministered to Opie. I got to nurture and minister to Christopher. That was a blessing to me. That's that fatherly influence. I pray that he'll have that for the rest of his life. And that he'll pass it on. Because I didn't just get it. I learned it from my dad. He loved me that way. And minister grace and peace and encouraged me that way. It was a godly father influence that you just, you just aren't born with that. It has to be taught. It has to be given from God. But then by precept and example, fathers, we can teach our own sons. Matter of fact, there are some things that only a man can teach a son. That's the reason it's important to have a man in life. Whether, whether, and, and again, not taking anything away from you know, God will give you ladies single, ladies single husbands that are raising children, whatever you need. But if, if there's some things that he, he or she will need from a, a, a father, he'll put a man in their lives that can minister those things. Amen? Amen. doesn't have to be your husband, but it can be a godly man. That's the reason it's so important, fathers, for us to be godly all the time. Not just on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. But every day. It's important. We're going to see why. But a third thing that Joseph demonstrated and did, he taught Jesus his own trade as a carpenter. Carpentry. Jesus was a carpenter. I believe there are things in that. I said it about, about Joseph. But I believe a builder. Jesus. And Pastor Ellen talked about it said last week. Jesus was a carpenter in the natural. 
but he built it a life, and he's still building the lives of all of us that will give him ourselves to build us up as men and women of God. Jesus learned a lot of that from his natural father, Joseph. And fourthly, and this is important too, Joseph adopted the one that the rest of the world would reject. Wow. The world crucified him. Joseph adopted him into his family, into his heart. He had other natural children, but he loved Jesus. You talk about a responsibility. And it is for any father and any mother. But just think if you had the responsibility of bringing up the savior of the universe. Thank God you might have a Michael Jordan or, or, or LeBron James or whoever your favorite athlete or, or in your life or, or a doctor or a lawyer in your house right now. So it's important what you do, what kind of influence you have. So how much important it was for Joseph? Just a primary example. See, we don't, we don't think about Joseph in that way a lot, do we? But there was a lot in that. It's, not in, it's a lot in natural fathers and what they do. I want, I want to go ahead and get into, into this. It's so important. Now, just time's sake. Man, it's going by. I didn't want to do this a, a third time, so I'm going to try to get it all in. Amen. Y'all, y'all bear with me. Is this okay? Okay, okay. Titus 1. I told you we are going to Titus. And we're here we see God's talking to Titus. Titus 1. Verse 5, read the whole chapter, the whole chapters of Titus. They're short, and there's a lot in them. It says this, Titus 1, starting at verse 5, and I'll read 5, 6, and 7 here. Well, uh, and this is in the Amplified. It says, it's, For this reason I left you behind in Crete, talking to Titus, so that you would set right what remains unfinished, and appoint elders... In every city as I directed you. In other words, Titus was an elder. God said, I left you in Crete in this country so that you could appoint, so that you could make other elders, other fathers. Elders is a leader or guide or a father. Have fatherly influence. God told Titus, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving you behind to do this because you've, you've done some things to demonstrate that you're faithful. And now you can help develop and train others in other cities. Verse 6 says, namely, a man of unquestionable, unquestionable integrity. These are examples of what a, a, a godly father should or how they can influence others. Namely, a man of unquestionable integrity, a husband of one wife, having children who behave. In other words, he not off trying to hit on everybody else's wife, but he got, he got one wife and his children. He trains them up on how to behave. Not accused of being immoral or rebellious. Wow. This is how fatherly fathers should be. For the overseer, as God's steward, Overseer, the leader, the one who's taking care of everything, must be blameless. What does that mean? Walk in integrity. Not self-willed, 
Notice some things here. Not self-will, on your own way all the time, doing it your way, nobody else's way. Not quick-tempered. Fathers, we all not to be quick-tempered. I mean, no, I'm still growing in some of these areas, but I'm a lot further than I used to. How about y'all? Not just me and you ladies too. Y'all still growing in some of these areas? Titus was to, to go ahead and show others how to get here and to help them get there. Not addicted to wine? Don't let anything control you. Drugs, wine, anything like that that gets you out of control, don't allow it. Anything that supersedes your own peace and your own ability to reason, leave it alone. Not violent, amen. Not greedy for dishonest gain, but financially ethical. In other words, you're just not out for a dollar. The message Bible said, just out for a buck. We'll get to that in a minute. Verse 8 says, and he, the father, the elder, must be hospitable to, to believers as well as strangers. You want to take care of folks when they come to, come to your house. You want to be invited in and, 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 and ask, them, ask them what they like some tea. Don't just leave that up to your wife. Be hospitable. Welcome people to your home. To Christians, but he says, as well as strangers. A lover of what is good. Sensible. Look at his name and say, I know I need all this. Amen. Sensible. Upright. Fair. Devout. Self-discipline. Whether folks are watching you or not, you're still going to do it the same way every time. That's the father influence you can have. That's the motherly influence you can have. Above reproach, whether in public or in private. Verse 9. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy word of God above all as it was taught to him. Think about Timothy. What Paul said. I saw that faith in you that I saw in your mother Lois and your, and your grandmother Eunice. Folks ought to see that in us, fathers and mothers. Because we've been, that's what we've been taught. If you taught that and if you weren't taught that, God can teach you that through the word. We're doing that right now. So that he will be able both, why? So that he will be able both to give accurate instruction in sound, reliable, error-free doctrine and to refute those who contradict it by explaining their error. In other words, everybody's not going to get it right. Some people to think they're right or wrong. How many know you can be sincere and be just as wrong as you can be? Amen. You can be sincere and think, I just know this and come find out you didn't know very much at all. <laughs> Once you see the truth. But I said, when, when, when you get the truth and you see the truth, it'll set or make you free. I mean, no, I thank God I've been free from a lot of stuff. Amen. A lot of stuff that I thought, thought one way, and then when I found out what the word said, it really wasn't that way. Wow. You may read, the folks may read these and what we said, go over. I wish I had more time to get into them, but just time is going by so fast and I got a, got a good bit I want to get to. But people still may read that and still wonder, why? So we ask the question, why should fathers use godly influence? Why? The word lets us know. Why should fathers use godly influence? Why? Because God told us. He left Titus there in Crete to develop other fathers and mothers. Everybody around him. What do you see this in Titus 1, the rest of that chapter? And we're going to look at the message. I love how the message described this. I'm just going to read it, just do this time shake. 
I may come in if, if I can't help it. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. Titus 1 verse 10 says this. Why? Why should fathers have, that, have this kind of influence? For there are a lot of rebels out there full of loose, confusing, and deceiving talk. Young ladies, don't let any wolf talk you into stuff that you know you ain't got no business doing. There are a lot of rebels out there full of loose and confusing and deceiving talk. We used to call it back in the day, I got a rap. Amen. Some of the brothers know what I'm talking about. Amen. Those who were brought up religious, listen to this, those who were brought up religious and ought to know better are the worst. Glory to God. Those who brought up in church and ought to know better are the worst at this. Boy, we need to study this out. They've got to be shut up. Take wisdom and the power of God to do that. That means you don't listen to them. They're disrupting entire families with their teaching. They're good teaching, godly teaching, and there's ungodly teaching. By action and precept. In other words, you can say it, but then you can teach folk by doing wrong stuff too. Amen, Pastor, that's good teaching. We're not condemning fathers. We're letting everyone and all of us know things that the reason why godly fathers should exist to influence good godly things in godly ways and all for the sake of a fast book for a dollar. One of their own prophets back there in Crete said it best, the Cretans are liars from their womb. That's some hard stuff, wasn't it? You know anybody, maybe somebody came to your mind, pray for them. If it did, pray for them. And pray for it wasn't you. <laughs> but notice he didn't stop there. They, they were creeds, alive from the moon, barking dogs. I mean, you know how somebody start talking at you all the time? You know that little barking, yapping dog? It get on your nerves, won't it? And then, I, I don't really understand, lazy bellies. I don't know if that means you eat anything or you won't eat what you're supposed to. <laughs> lazy, I know lazy. It could be anything good, amen? Why have godly influence? Because of stuff like this. He certainly spoke the truth. Get on them right away. Stop that diseased talk of the Jewish make-believe and made-up rules. We see that all the time today in the world. So they can recover a robust faith, a sound doctrine, a sound faith. Everything is clean. Notice this. Everything is clean to the clean-minded. If you have a good heart, everything is clean to you. Nothing is clean to the dirty-minded unbelievers. Their whole motive is to deceive the world, unbelievers. Nothing's clean to them. They leave their dirty fingerprints on every thought and act. Let me just read on. We need to skip over this, don't we? No, we need to examine our hearts. They say they know God, but their actions speak louder than the words. They're real creeps. Lord have mercy. Disobedient. Good for nothing. Talk about the ungodly. Why do we need fatherly, godly influence? It's because 
the world is like this. The unsaved acts like this. Sometimes even Christians that aren't walking in the light of the word can be like this. That's the reason we need correction. That's the reason we need to be rebuked sometimes. That's the reason we need to present the word and truth. That's where you hear things like this. The fact is, everybody's not getting this. But thank God we are. Thank God we can, it can help us. Look at Nate said, I thank God. I'm going to walk in the light of this word. I'm going to be a good fatherly or motherly individual. Amen. Amen. Let me go ahead. And let me finish up. And I'm going to read this in two translations, then we'll go home. And I just say this. We came to be a blessing to fathers and to mothers and to, to show what the word says of what fatherly influence will do. We see, we see what without it, what can happen and what the world is doing. Now let's look at what the message and the Amplified says that, can, that we can be helped. In Titus 2, starting in verse 1, this is the message. I'm going to read eight verses and then I'm going to read it again in Amplified. And I'm going to do my very best just to read this this time. He says for, for fathers, for elders, for those of us, your job is to speak out on the things that make for solid doctrine, guide older men into lives of temperance, dignity, and wisdom, into healthy faith, love, and endurance. Guide older women into lives of reverence so they end up as neither gossips nor drunks, but models of goodness. By looking at them, the younger women will know how to love their husbands and children, be virtuous and pure, keep a good house, be good wives. We don't want anyone looking down on God's message because of their behavior. Also, guide the young men to live disciplined lives. But mostly, show them all this by doing it yourself. Trustworthy in your teaching, your words solid and sane. Then anyone who is dead set against us, when he finds nothing weird or misguided, might eventually come around. Glory to God. You know, that was good. Then I looked at the Amplified, these same verses, and I read them. And I said, wow, that even brings more out to me. Let me read that to you. Titus 2, 1 through 8 again, or 9. But as for you, teach the things which are in agreement with sound doctrine, which produce men and women of good character, whose lifestyle identifies them as true Christians. Older men are to be temperate, Dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness, Christ-like character. Older women similarly are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor addicted to much wine, teaching what is right and good, so that they may encourage the young women to tenderly love their husbands and their children to be sensible, pure, makers of a home, glory to God, where God is honored, good-natured, being subject to their own husbands, 
so that the word of God will not be dishonored. In a similar way, urge the young men to be sensible and self-controlled and to behave wisely, taking life seriously. And in all things, show yourselves to be an example of good works with purity and doctrine, having the strictest regard for integrity and truth dignified. And verse 8 says, sound and beyond reproach in instruction so that the opponent of the faith will be shamed having nothing bad to say about us. When you have a godly influence and you demonstrate it and you walk in it, nothing bad's going to be said about it. Now, liars going to say something. They're going to make something up. But when you're walking in the truth of God's word, and you're legitimate as they say and when you're intentional and I got, I got a word on that word intentional that I'm going to give you we're going to be more intentional about what we do in the things of God around here in our own lives and we're going to teach that and we're going to walk in it fathers thank you for your fatherly influence mothers thank you for your motherly or fatherly influence thank you all and let's walk in a different way and we can amen with the help of God let's pray Father God we just thank you right now for your word we thank you for the truths that will transform hearts and change lives Father we make this confession we're never going to be the same again we thank you Lord that you've shown us these things in the word you've shown us through the lives of Joseph and other men and women of God on how your word can empower us and influence us and help to uh, create in us through you and your word a clean heart and to help others to see that and to and to become that father we're all growing thank god we can change thank god we have changed but we're going to even change more for the better our influence is going to be more seen by those that need to see it and lord that anointing is going to destroy yokes and remove burdens in the lives of every not only every child that we encounter but every person that we encounter we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. We thank you we're being renewed like the eagles every morning. And we thank you, Lord, that we'll never be the same again. Father, as we pray this prayer, we know the first step is making you the Lord of our lives. And, Lord, I'm going to ask everyone under the sound of my voice and those of you that are listening online as we pray this prayer to pray it with me. Say these words. Father God, right now, I confess with my mouth I believe in my heart that you died for me. You paid the price so that I could have life and life more abundantly. Jesus, you're my kinsman redeemer. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. I am saved. I am free. I'm going to walk in fatherly influence from this moment forward. Amen.